Barry Lewis's Stonkid Foodcast. Oh, proper lash it is, man. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Stonkin' Foodcast uh, with myself, Mr. Barry Lewis, and of course, the wonderful, all the way from the East Coast, y'all, <laughs> Alec Plowman. Well, that was that was an introduction. I certainly am on the East Coast, y'all, and I'm very <laughs> happy. Uh, I'm very happy that uh, DJ DJ Fancy Man Barry has uh, has chosen to highlight that fact at the beginning of the show today. <laughs> I, I feel like I nearly said Yule, like like Christmas. I yes, don't know. Uh, DJ. You could be DJ Christmas if you want. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I bet that exists. It's got to be a DJ Christmas somewhere, surely. If you're listening and you are a DJ Christmas, then please write <laughs> in with your experiences. Yeah. Or you just like moonlight as a DJ just at Christmas only. And then you have another yeah. job. You know, you might be an admin assistant in the, for the rest of the year or something. By day, he is Gavin. By night, DJ Christmas. DJ Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> just playing it's christmas all over and over again just that loop yeah just uh <laughs> or just the recording of me doing the naughty holder bit from yes. the christmas episode because oh, yes. they can't get the rights to use the actual naughty holder recording yes that's right on our christmas special that was good wasn't it yeah oh wow yeah if you missed that episode do have a little listen to that it was quite fun i enjoyed that one yeah especially as it's april now is the now is the best time to listen to that <laughs> feeling a little festive but in a strange way, like, you know, I'm thinking of Christmas turkey. This is kind of like our chicken special. Are we going to call it that? I don't really know. I don't know what we want to call this episode, is it? I mean, we would sort of wanted to do a follow-up based on one of our last episodes, wasn't it? We were talking about, like, how to use food effectively. And chicken just seems to be that sort of, like, hub of food, really, obviously. Unless you're vegetarian or vegan, of course. But it's one of the most Googled uh, things of all time, actually, in the world of food. Chicken recipes is, I think, in the top one or two like food terms googled that's a random fact that i do know that doesn't surprise me at all it's as you said chicken is such a such a staple we think about it for yeah so many of our basic weeknight meals are going to be chicken based yeah uh, and usually for people that means dicing up some chicken breast oh. uh, and chucking it in a curry or whatever yeah um that was certainly what it was for me growing up was uh when you thought about chicken it was stuff like that uh, but what we're going to talk about today is the whole dang Boyd. We're not just uh, talking about your chicken fillet. We're talking about the ways in which you can make the most out of chicken by buying a whole bird and how you can make that go longer. So in terms of uh, chicken, there is so much we can do for sure. Uh, I mean, like I think we talked about this before we started recording. Like When you think of chicken like typically like a whole chicken that you buy in a supermarket they're actually pretty good value like they're not actually that expensive in terms of when you actually buy it prepped and chopped up yeah particularly chicken breast that's where the, they really tend to put the cost and there's so much more you can do with other bits and what we also saying was about how like it's almost like you just think of a whole chicken roast dinner eat it as much as you can oh i've got loads of leftover chicken like kind of like turkey at christmas what am i going to do with it i'll just have a sandwich for the next four years but you know there's you know, there's lots of different things you can do. I, I actually quite like um, using the shredded chicken in a salad. I don't know. Um, like just raking away all those bits. Like they're my favorite bits. We touched on that on the previous pod. Like those little like soft, delicate bits all around where you, know, you get your main bits off. Even actually like the whole thing of dismantling a chicken once you've cooked it is actually quite fun. It's quite a skill to that. Um, but you're left with so much like sort of nice tender bits of chicken. I don't even know what the term for that is. I guess it's the back meat. I don't know if you, mm. you'd call it that, but it's that dark meat that's on the back of the, the underside of the chicken. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's phenomenal tasting and everybody kind of forgets about it yeah i think one of the big problems that people have with with roast chicken is as you said when people think about roast chicken they just think about sunday roast and normally people think about you know you have your your family over you got a big group of people and everybody's going to eat that chicken in one go yeah or people might do that and then might use the carcass to make some soup but i think people don't really think about buying a whole bird outside of that context and people especially don't think about it if they are living on their own or if they are a couple rather than a family you wouldn't 
people don't necessarily think about buying a whole bird for one person because they don't know what they're going to do with it. Yeah. But I think we were talking about, you know, in light of the current COVID-19 situation and things being a bit different as far as food goes, um, buying a whole chicken is if you can find them. And they seem to, we seem to still have them in my local supermarket. Um, hopefully that's the same uh, for other people. It's still something they can get hold of. Um, what you find with a, a whole chicken is that... Um, if you're savvy with it, that can be a really cost-effective way of getting a lot of meals and a lot of things that you can that you can use, yeah, uh, and you can really make that go quite far. So I think we're gonna that's what we're gonna talk about today, yeah. And I think there's a few things we want to to discuss, which is really the ways in which you can prepare that bird and what you can do with it afterwards, and then we're gonna come on to things like how you can use the bones which mm. is something that people often don't think about. But that that chicken carcass, once you've taken all of the meat off of it, is an amazing resource as far as making stock and as far as making soup. And you can get a lot out of that as well. And even things like the juices that are left over in the pan, that fat that you skim off before you make the gravy or whatever, yeah, um, that in itself is an amazing resource that often just goes in the bin. But there's actually loads that you can do with that as well. See, I've never thought about that actually like skinning off the fat i mean when i make the gravy like off roasting a chicken yeah i've ne- i've skimmed the fat off and i'll leave a teeny bit in anyway but like you know I-, I actually to be fair i generally discard that i'm interested in see what you've done there um, well, i'll tell you because because that's one of my and i do this with all with all meats that i roast but i hold on to those because those are amazing cooking resources you can do great things with those yeah so we'll come on to that towards the end of the episode um I quite like you know, the chicken with that whole... You know, ever spatchcock a chicken? You know, when you sort of like halve it so it's almost like lying down flat like it's sunbathing? I quite like that. I never have spatchcocked a chicken. It's something I should definitely try. Yeah, it's a lot easier than it sounds and it's only cutting a few little incisions and things. I might actually have to do a video on that actually, but it's just that sort of thing of it. It kind of still feels good because, you know, you have to... It is a bit bone crunching at times just to sort of get it all nice and flat. You've kind of got this thing that looks like a big lump lying down and all of a sudden you're squishing it making a few incisions and you've got this it makes it almost easier to marinade and stuff so mm. i barbecued a few chickens like when i rubbed it like when i went over to portugal actually we did a a little bit of a rub thing on the outside of the chicken for a barbecue and i spatchcocked it and laid it down flat just because the barbecue lid wouldn't close with it in its natural position anyway but it was wide so we just completely did this whole dry rub on it and shoved a lemon as well in there and it just it was just so nice just it seemed to cook a lot quicker and evenly as well so rather than this whole dome of this like chicken carcass you've got this sort of all of a sudden like level playing field effectively but i go over to portugal quite a lot um for obvious reasons and i know that um uh, over there when you go to a lot of takeaway restaurants do chicken and they spatchcock the chicken there because they do it on the grill so yeah. as you said they they rub it and then they they do that for that yeah. kind of all over even cooking texture so yeah i can definitely see the benefits especially if you're barbecuing or grilling or any of those things What's the best chicken recipe you've ever had? Because on that note, for me, one of the best chicken things I've ever had was actually a peri peri chicken in Portugal. I went to this okay. place, roadside place. I can't remember the name of it. It was near Faro or Faro, wherever it's called, uh, near the airport. Just literally, it was just like the most popular place in that area. And it was heaving. It was mm. worth the wait. It was just so good. Best chicken for me, I'm going to be really boring and just say uh, like roast dinner. Sunday roast yeah. is still always my favorite way to yeah. do chicken. Um, I have had some really good chicken in Portugal. Um, chicken restaurants are a big thing over there, and like chicken takeaway, which is nothing like chicken takeaway over here. Yeah, in that it's of a much higher standard, and it's grilled grilled chicken. It's not deep fried. It's not battered. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and you get all of these really nice rubs and marinades and lots of garlic and lots of, you know, it's uh, it's a very different flavor yeah. so i do enjoy that that's always a treat when i'm over there but yeah for me it's always the sunday roast traditional roast chicken when done right i think is just phenomenal yeah absolutely yeah i, I like the actual just chick, the chicken gravy that goes along with that as well the stock as yeah. well with, with a great it just sort of it just i think that's my favorite gravy actually is like a chicken gravy just that mm. it just it works really really well and the herbs as well when you roast a chicken like sage i absolutely love mm. sage in a, in a chicken i don't know why i absolutely ram it in there um but actually like you're going back to probably i guess the most popular part of a chicken maybe is the chicken breast I mean, it's just the most one, the go-to one, I think, for most recipes. Um, I actually really like poaching mine. 
Um, okay. So like you literally, what I tend to do is I get a, a saucepan, uh, actually put cold water in it and put the raw chicken breasts in. And what I'll do is I'll like put it on the heat and as it brings up to a simmer, keep the lid on it. And then about 15 minutes from when it hits the simmer, I'll take the lid off and then that will actually have a really, really nice like tender chicken breast. So rather mm. than grilling it or frying it or, you know, whatever, baking it, it tends to sort of stay, you know, because you can then poach it in a stock or something like that as well. Mm. And and then it, because it's so tender, you can shred it up with a fork. So you've kind of got like a, a pulled chicken rather than pulled pork. Right. That's, oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. And you stick like a barbecue sauce in with that. And the texture is very similar to pork if you can get it just right. Just that sort of, you know, that sort of terrible sort of thing where you just shred it with forks like a cat. Just amazing. Uh, that's that's probably my most favorite thing to do with chicken breasts. I know it's quite boring as well in a way of just like poaching it because it sounds so... I don't know, is that bland, that, that word poach to me, just I just I think of an egg in water bubbling away. But it's it's just that sort of art of just cooking something differently. You know, a bit like sous vide, you know, when you when you cook a chicken in a perfect sort of water bath to that temperature, and so you're not losing any of the nutrients within it. Unfortunately you're poaching you are, but you know, if you want to take it that next step and stick that chicken in a bag, it, it's gonna be gorgeous. I know, um so Tom Kerridge, his roast chicken recipe, he starts off by doing that. Really? Really? And then he finishes it off in the oven. Yeah. Oh, so wow. He, he, yeah, it's interesting. I, I saw that on a, a program a while ago, him doing that. He's got, yeah, a very unique take on a roast chicken. Yeah, because all those juices, you're, that way, because in the bag, you're not letting any of that escape. So you're going to get an amazing stock or broth out of that. And then I guess is he doing that just to brown it? The, the oven yeah, stage? Yeah, yeah, essentially, yeah. And the oven is just, yeah, is the finishing on it, I think, anyway. But, yeah, um, and that it looked really interesting. So I can definitely, I can see the merit, yeah. uh, as it were. Um, So if people are starting out, if you've, if, if we've got people listening for whom the concept of buying a roast chicken is a bit alien to them, mm. um, I guess we should go through the basics of what you do. Like when you've got it, what you need to do with it, how you prepare it, how you're going to stick it in the oven, how long for, and then uh, what you're going to do with it afterwards. Um, yeah. And as you and I were talking about uh, the other day, um, it's actually very straightforward these days because so many of the supermarkets are selling these roast in a bag chickens now. Oh, yeah. Where you don't actually need to do anything other than whack it in the oven at the desired temperature for however long you need to based on the weight of your bird and it will normally say that on the bag yeah um so the actual you know if you want to go down that route the actual uh roasting of a chicken can be incredibly straightforward it can be basically zero effort um you don't necessarily have to have to touch anything even until it's done if you're particularly squeamish about um touching the raw raw bird or you know dealing with bones or whatever yeah um but say that people don't want to do that what would be your your way your recommended way for roasting a chicken i mean uh as you point out you did a whole series of videos on roast dinners i did your roast chicken video up yeah there. yeah that was i get a lot of people going back to that video actually just sort of saying oh thank you so much i didn't think like you say there is like an intimidation thing of it really and like i think it's quite a big step as a person when learning to cook isn't it for other from like you know your mum or your dad or you know your family as you're growing up they, they always made the roast on the sunday it's like almost that hidden thing in your mind oh one day that's gonna have to be me but like you say those those ready-made ones well they're not really ready-made are they they're sort of semi there they're in a bag for you so you've literally yeah. you've done they've done all the hard work for you i really like that concept because it's kind of like a nice intro to it and then yeah, it's all about personalization you know you get so many people that, that like stuff a load of vegetables inside the chicken carcass you know they rub the chicken inside and out with butter um you know, I tend to bake, it depends on the weight of the chicken. Um, you know, mm. if it's about a kilo, kilo and a half, um, you know, you've got to give it a good season. Lemons are quite nice. And, you know, I said sage, but the thyme and parsley, whatever. I mean, parsley is probably not that strong, but just to mix up, because all of those things are going to go into all the juices, which you can use later, which obviously we should probably come on to. I guess you don't really necessarily think of that if you're doing this for the first time, but you can, it can be as simple as doing that and then baking it for about an hour and a half. I mean, it, that's literally it. Like, you can keep your eye on it, obviously, but there's something amazing about that smell and seeing it develop and getting that crispness on the skin. It's a little bit... I mean, I used to love eating the skin, and now I'm a little bit more... I used to love the crunch of it and, you know, the texture and things, and now, obviously, I think a bit more about what it effectively is, and I'm like, okay. 
I, I, I try to not eat it as much now, but, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, you can still eat it. Do you know what I mean? It's still, I, I eat loads of chicken skin. Yeah. I, um, I, yeah. I'm a chicken skin fiend when it comes to roast. roast Cause in a way, like all the flavors going into that, isn't it? You're rubbing well, all of that into of it. Those, yeah. yeah. There's, there's still a lot of good stuff in the, in the skin. And I think especially at this time where we're talking about making your food go further, you know, that fat that's in the chicken skin that kind of collects can be very, filling it's good yeah. for keeping you full that's the thing and you get that nice sort of char, that golden char in it i think that that so it's almost like a satisfaction of pulling that out of the oven and you know if you're clever with it you know you can start to roast your vegetables in and around the tin with the chicken uh, as you go like so you can almost make it a you know a couple of tins or, or pans and you've got a whole dinner to yourself but yeah i mean that's the basic thing and you know just basically you know cook a chicken as the instructions on on the packet the, the instructions are there for it's kind of idiot proof in a way but an hour and a half roughly um with the oven and then you know start to find the things that you like you know i, I I've, I've made it a mistake when i first started doing it i put too much lemon in and and I don't know about you, Alec, but when I put too much lemon juice in something, it's very hard to get rid of that taste. Like it's like a little bit too. Yeah, that is true. Although getting when you get that right, lemon is a great accompaniment to chicken oh, if you can get yeah. that balance that balance right. Yeah, um, definitely. So my my roast chicken approach is uh, actually very simple. I uh, and I'm, I'm very simple with this, the seasonings. Um, so I just go salt and pepper normally. Um, oh, right. And I don't, I don't go crazy with. I, it depends on the occasion. Sometimes I whack a lemon in there. Sometimes I will go with, yeah, as you said, sage and thyme are great accompaniments. A bit of parsley is always nice. But I tend to keep mine very simple. Um, right. The thing that I do, and I learned this on a cookery show, and I cannot remember the name of the chef, but credit to her because it was a is a very good idea. Is that I for part of the roasting time i roast the chicken upside down right um, okay and then i turn it over and the reason that i do that is that that keeps the breast moist because that's the bit that dries out easily wow. that can dry out enough but if you oh, yeah only turn it turn it over halfway through then they're not that part of the chicken isn't constantly being sort of blasted oh. and they tend to stay moister yes yeah, some of the juices are probably running into it i suppose yeah yeah yeah. And the other thing that I do is just basting, basting regularly, mm. you know, every, you know, and not a set rule, you just keep an eye on it. But every, I don't know, 20 minutes or so, giving it a good baste and yeah. making the most of those juices to make it really moist and getting them into the cracks and crevices. So into, you know, into the legs, into the into the wings and the thighs and those creases where it tends to to dry out just yeah. hitting all of those places once you've turned it over making sure that you keep hitting the hitting the breast meat and yeah i think so long as you keep it moist um and then leaving it under the foil um for half an hour after it comes out yeah letting it rest for sure yeah i never used to do that and like with any roast as well like letting the meat relax i was like why would i do that it's going to get cold but it, it doesn't does it it just makes it so much more tender um, I agree with you about the basting as well. I, I find it quite therapeutic. It's weird. I'm quite addicted to it. I just want to like get my pastry brush and it's like, you know, do it every 20 minutes or whatever. And I'm like, I'm like no, I'll do it again. Because like you can, almost when you gloss it, you, you can get that shine and that flavour going back onto the chicken and almost like revitalising it. It's really cool. Have you ever done beer can chicken? I've never done beer can chicken, no. I did that um, on the Gadget Show on Channel 5 um, a couple of, well, that might have been about four years ago now. Um but it was actually a really weird special they were doing, like an outdoor cooking special, and I'd never done it right. ever, ever before. And they gave me this barbecue called the Big Green Egg. I don't know if you've seen those things. They look like a big um, water butt, basically. And, and okay. people do actually have them inside their houses as well, and you can bake bread in it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do beer can chicken. I've never done it in my life. And I'm like, there's these Chelsea pensioners they wanted me to feed. Really crazy, really surreal day. And they were like, right, we're going to come to you in a minute. Is the chicken ready? I'm like um it should be and obviously pop the hood and you basically sit the chicken on the you drink you know a half empty a beer can you can do you can do sprite you could do coke it doesn't really matter this actually what they're saying is the flavors they steam the chicken so all the juices right, okay. kind of, yeah they kind of create a, a stock and they run back into the can and then you can kind of reuse some of that as well as part of your stock not all of it um but it depends how much you want so you don't want to use a whole can or it'll explode but I actually barbecued it and it was it was incredible. Um, yeah, I, I think I did Sprite actually. 
or something like that quite right. recently. And it's just, it, you don't, it, it sounds horrible. You think, oh, it's going to taste like Sprite. It doesn't. It actually gave it that, like, like that lemon and lime scent. And it's right, really okay. weird. And um, obviously, we didn't pour the can into the stock for that. But, you know, all of the juices running down alongside the can. You put a roasting tin. You can do it inside in the oven. So that's how I did it before like that. But for the other uh, barbecue like that, it just ran onto the stone that it was sat on. And it was amazing. And it's really tender chicken, that. Yeah, so that does sound like a pretty cool approach. Um, yeah, I I think once once we are uh, sort of adequately able to barbecue again, I think yeah. that might be one to to give a go but yeah i do like the i like the sound of that but as you said i think the thing to reiterate here is that you know roasting a chicken it isn't that difficult there isn't that much preparation that you need to do and it's kind of hard to get it really wrong as well to really mess it up you have to be trying to really mess it up because i maintained you could stick the chicken in uh, just in the tray with no seasoning. Yeah. Um, uh, whack it in the oven at the right temperature, and so long as you don't leave it in for a million years, yeah. you'll take that out, and you'll have something that is perfectly edible. Oh, absolutely, mate. Yeah, definitely. I hundred percent agree with you. It's probably one of the easiest ones to to do. Like you know, yeah. With with beef and stuff like that, it starts to get a little bit trickier because of how well people want it done, and obviously you can. You know, everyone wants like something well done or rare. You know, you're on a different to a different sort of level there. But as, as a foundation and something that will stretch and go to many different meals, like it's it's amazing like that. And I think you know, obviously talking about the roast chicken side, but also to the fact of like buying that chicken and like learning how to just you know section it into like the chicken thigh, the breast, the legs, the wings, the carcass. You know, you don't have to necessarily roast it. Of course, that's great because then it's all cooked. It's kind of like the nice thing is that everything's done and then you can make spares out of it. But if you can buy a chicken and then, you know, discard it, then you're going to make four or five recipes out of that easily. And I think the thing people often forget as well is that once you have cooked that chicken, you can freeze that meat cooked. Yeah. So if it's a question of it being you on your own and you not thinking that you're going to get through all of that meat, well, you can freeze those cooked portions and then unfreeze them and add them to whatever. Yeah, absolutely. So it's still economical even if you are just one person or a couple. Um, and the other thing that you can do as well, of course, I know our you know our local co-op, for example, they often have on medium-sized birds, they have a buy two for seven pounds offer. Oh. So what I will often do is buy two chickens, roast them at the same time, just stick them in a large tin, put them side by side, whack that in the oven, hmm. uh, and then we will, yeah, just freeze the meat or keep the meat and that will be lunch boxes for a whole week or whatever, you know, when the kids are at school, which obviously yeah. they're not at the moment, but, um, you know, that will keep going and going. So that can be a really economical way to do that as well if you've got those kinds of offers on to make use of. Absolutely. As far as getting the meat off of the chicken, like carving the chicken, is, again, it's one of those things where if you do it wrong, it's fine. Yeah, it absolutely. Really, like, yeah. It's you know there is a right way to do it, but if you if you don't get it right, it's not the end of the world. So long as you get all of that meat off, you can literally. I know I've seen Jamie Oliver do this. You can just get in there once it's cool enough and just pull it apart with your hands. Yeah, you don't you don't need to yeah, go just rip it crazy. Apart. Yeah, with the carving. The only thing I would say is when you are carving that breast there is a, a grain that goes down the meat and if you can follow that grain with your knife you are going to get lovely neat slices of chicken breast when is, you do that is that between the two breasts on the top is that is that, well, that, no, that so, means central line so you've got you've got that central line but if you look at the breast once you have taken it off once you've taken it off the breast bone there is actually like a series of fine lines that will run through the breast that is the grain of the meat yeah and if you follow that with your knife when you're carving that's right it will slice really easily yeah yeah definitely because it's kind of like in you know, like a piece of wood as well I, I saw this in a video when we did uh, beef jerky the other day we did a homemade video on that and um if you when you serve in a steak, if you cut against the grain, you actually get a more tender piece of meat, don't you? I didn't realize that before because you've actually cut up the strength of those fibers. Um, right. So we made jerky side by side. We made a jerky where the, we cut it with the grain, and then against it, and the difference in cooking it exactly the same method was insane. 
like the, how the fibers are so strong like that and it's yeah they're doing that at top restaurants when they serve you steak as well like you know how they do the slice the cuts and things so chicken is exactly like that like you say but i think it's something quite nice about just getting your hands in like you say and just like ripping it apart um yeah don't be don't be too precious with it just get in there and do it yeah. and i'd say that definitely i think you have to do that when it comes to getting off all of that back meat that we were talking about yeah you've got to just get in there and pull that off with your hands and you know just strip that carcass as much as you can get as much off of it as you as you can i think that's what i tend to do i'm like i'll get the breast off yeah okay that looks just looking nice and then the other bits just tend to just fall off like the legs and that you can just give them a little twist and then you just start to go crazy you just get your fork out you're like like wolverine on it and just like <laughs> there's meat everywhere you just keep finding it it's like a little game you're like all oh, right but then you're left with the carcass right yeah um and that carcass i think because uh, at this point this is you know a lot of people will see that and that'll just go straight in the food recycle yeah because they yeah. won't know what to do with it but that carcass is an absolute gift in terms of what you can do with that mm. um so a lot of people will go will bung that straight away into uh into a pot and make soup out of it which is not a bad use for it but my recommendation would be to make your own stock ah. using those using those bones which is something that we do um so we uh we have in the freezer what we morbidly refer to as the bag of bones and what we do is that every time we roast a chicken or any time we roast any meat we chuck the bones into the bag of bones and we've got one for white meat and one for red meat and then what we do is once that bag of bones is full that bag of bones goes in the slow cooker yeah. Uh, and we top it off with water and you just leave it in there for 12 to 24 hours on a low heat. And uh, what you are going to find is it's going to start smelling crazy delicious. Um, and uh, after that period, you are going to have your stock uh, there and ready to go. And you can do that with the bones from Frozen. You can keep them in the freezer and then oh, chuck really? them in your slow cooker when you need to. Um so what would you use that for, like making a, a, a gravy as well and a soup? Gravies, yeah. sauces, goes into bolognese, goes into uh, goes into soup, goes yeah. into gravy, goes into any sort of sauce that calls for stock. Mm. Anything that you would normally use a stock cube or a stock pot in, we use our own homemade stock. That's amazing. Um, yeah. And all that you need to do uh, afterwards is... Essentially, in order to sort of to get all of that liquid and to get rid of those bones, you're just going to sieve it. You're going to sieve it from yeah. your stock, uh, from your slow cooker pot uh, through a sieve into a bowl. And then we transfer it into individual portions, say 250 mil and 500 mil portions that we then put in the freezer. And I guess for those individual portions, you could like put herbs in it individually and if you like cook it specifically, enhance it if you wanted to rather yeah. than doing the whole batch. Yeah. And the other thing that you can do is that you can make a mixed stock. So you can you can mix up your bones. You can add stuff like your vegetable peelings into that and whatever. Yeah. Any of these bits that you've got left over, freeze them and then, you know, make your own stock with them. The thing is, the flavor on that is amazing you find when it goes into sauce there is a big difference between that and you know even the high-end stock pots it's like mm. it, there's no comparison to making your own stock um you know it is a time-consuming process but it's very low effort you just bung it in the slow cooker and leave it and you'll get quite a bit out of it yeah so it saves you money because you're not spending money on stock pots which again are very expensive there's a big markup on stock cubes and stock pots there really is yeah yeah and you sometimes wonder what's in them as well, don't you? I, mean, I made my own last year, which was quite fun, but a lot of it was just salt. <laughs> it's just like mainly well, salt. That's, that's it, is that you get um, you get a much more intense flavour from your own stock as mm. well. You have the added benefit of all of the nutrients and the goodness that come out of the meat and go into that. It's very healthy. I know, you know, there, and I've done this before, that, you know, people, there are people who recommend that you drink a mug of that broth in the morning because of the the goodness and all of the stuff that is in it wow, so there are amazing. sort of yeah it's good i i, I really yeah, you know it's like like starting your day with a mug of gravy which exactly. as we've discussed on this podcast before yeah uh i'm not averse to to drinking gravy by the mug it's um, like something someone like rocky would do in a film or something like that rather than like a yeah. raw egg or something you'd just be like no this is my chicken 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Adrian. Yeah, Adrian. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess it's that thing. I mean, it, it can look a bit boring. I don't know. It's like kind of cloudy in colour, isn't it? Sometimes. And it's yeah. Like, I don't know. It can maybe put people off, and they're like, well, is that even a thing? And you see this lovely, like, dainty little stock cube, and it kind of looks more, but like I say, it's flavour packed, doesn't it? It's almost like a concentrate. And what you find as well, like, if it's, you know, if. If you've got all of that gelatin still in the bones, you get that really... If you leave it for a while, it'll go really gelatinous and it will look almost like jelly. Right. But stock and that stuff, when you get it to that consistency, that's just so flavorful. And it's got all that gelatin in it, which has got health properties as well. So, yeah, mm. um, that that is definitely a recommended use. And then you've got that in your freezer to add to anything and it's you're getting the flavor and the nutrients plus you're saving the money on the stock and yeah. that you've got the basis for soups and for sauces and for other other things yeah. um so i definitely would recommend people do that don't throw that carcass away i mean i get that people could probably get to that stage and then feel like mrs barry i'm probably talking to her behalf but like she can get freaked out by the whole bone thing if that makes sense like i don't want to even look at the carcass okay i'll roast a chicken i'll get the meat off it like just put that in the bin. Like I'll have to do that sometimes. But like put it away for her because like she just, it's just like just stick it in a pot, a little bit of water on it, boil it away. Just don't look at it, and then I'll you know, and you can do so much more with it. But I think there is, it's quite a thing to overcome. There's that simplicity, isn't it? We talked about before of like having getting to the supermarket, getting your pack. Oh, these are chicken breasts. It's just literally looks like chicken breast it doesn't make you think about where it's come from or what it is and it's all prepared for you it's all done but you're paying so much more for that and like you say that you could get a really nice higher quality chicken probably for way much uh, better value by buying it in this way and then you've got things like the the chicken thighs as well you know slightly browner meat but like that's just so much juicy that's my favorite part of a chicken chicken i 100 percent agree with you on that i think yeah. the thigh is where all of the all of the flavor is um I, I, I feel that chicken breast is a bit of an overrated cut, to yeah. be honest. Like, if I'm making a curry and things, diced chicken thigh is always going to be my choice just because I think that darker meat has so much flavor to it. Yeah, definitely, yeah. And I know what you were saying earlier about the whole dried chicken breast. It's such an easy thing to get with, with a chicken breast. It can be very easily go dry and almost thready. It's like, I don't know what it, do you know what I mean? Just like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sometimes you can nail it, but... You know, it's very easy for someone to cook a chicken breast and it'd be very bland and boring and um, over roast dinner, a bit of gravy over it might get you out of trouble to moisten it. But like a thigh, it's just like a more of a meaty, just, I don't know, it feels like a higher quality piece of meat really in a way. And um, I, I, I like kind of just sort of, there's actually a recipe I did called Diet Coke Chicken, which is really fun where you actually cook, you simmer the chicken thighs in uh, Diet Coke and it caramelizes and it creates oh, okay. this sort of like really sort of sticky, tangy sauce around it. Um, but anything like that, like chopping that into a stir fry and, you know, just like a much more bigger, chunkier meat, I, I think that works really well for that. And again, the great thing about doing a whole roast chicken is that if you're doing a stir fry or whatever, you can just keep that thigh meat in the freezer bring yeah. it out and defrost it when you need it and just chuck it straight in oh yeah and it's really quick it. cooking time you don't have to wait for it to to you know to brown or anything like that it's just ready to go for those quick meals yeah so that yeah definitely there is a massive amount of benefit to to having that to holding on to that yeah, I think it works really well. It's in like chunks, isn't it? Like, you know, maybe like a ramen or something or um, I'm just trying to think, you know, just I don't know, just something like a curry, just something chunky where you want a, a substantial bit of chicken in there. Whereas a chicken breast, yeah, shred it up or literally have it as the whole breast that you can eat as a portion uh, alongside some veg or something. But yeah, that's what it opens up. They're all sort of individual, aren't they? All the parts of the chicken into what they open them up themselves up for, like wings and you know legs and that i know i've always struggled with those I, I don't i mean of course you can make stuff from it and you know the most popular one is like making spicy wings and things and it's great but i i i struggle with that but out of the whole chicken that's what i probably struggle with those bits because it just feels like mm. there's nothing on them i mean you can um you know i mean i know jamie mashes up wings for his christmas gravy doesn't he that's yes. one of his his things that he does there. I'm just happy to, I will just quite happily eat the wing on the plate as it is when it's roasted. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I feel, I, I mean, you can tear all of that meat off of the, off of the drumstick 
um, you can you can pull all of that off and just chuck that in with your thigh meat and those go together quite nicely. Um, mm-hmm. As far as the wing goes, though, yeah, you're just going to have to eat that off of the bone. But I'm it's kind of it's got that crunchy crisp thing going on. I'm quite a fan of that. Yeah, um, there's a bit on that, isn't there? It? it does kind of crisp up quite nicely. That yeah. Um, and then I got. I mean, I always like think of like um, going to kids' parties and having chicken drumsticks, but that's yeah, just yeah. Like, <laughs> like old school like that. But like, I, I really do like a drumstick. There's something about that. If you go to a barbecue and you get them cooked right, there's something quite nice about you know, having your beverage of choice in one hand and wandering around with your drumstick in the other. That's yeah. good barbecued. This, I think, that's my favourite method of of cooking in general of any food is, is a barbecue that smell that you get and a chicken really lends itself to that it's so stereotypical to have a burger or hot dog but a really good char grilled bit of chicken or barbecue chicken i think that's like real top notch that you've not lived until you've walked around with doing that with a beer in one hand but with a whole leg of lamb in there. oh yeah that's that's uh that's that's living my friend it's like a weapon like, <laughs> yeah. like a club yeah you could you, you look a bit like a viking you could bludgeon somebody to death with it but you've got that uh, picture yeah. haven't you of that, Is that i right? do yes that's oh. me at one one easter sunday <laughs> just <laughs> getting more in, in the zone that's yeah. amazing yeah um, I mean, the chicken is your friend. I think that's the, the key thing here. Love it and it will love you back, really, unless you're vegetarian. Uh, but, I mean, it is what it is. I've never had a chicken. Oh, no, I have. I went to a place in London, a vegan uh, substitute. Uh, what was it called? The Temple of Saitan, where they make a chicken uh, out of Saitan, of uh, an alternative. And that, I think it's called Saitan. Well, it shouldn't be called Satan anyway. And that was really good. You do get some substitutes that can get quite close. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that was. I think that the reason why that worked so well is because I think we said it then about the, you know the going to Portugal with the sort of grilled effect and the rubs and the flavours you go into it. Here, the takeaways are very much breadcrumb chicken, which, which can hide it, and it becomes yeah. more maybe about not even the fact that it's chicken, just more the texture. So this was, um, yeah, like a it was like a KFC spin-off basically, but it's basically it was all vegan, and they did popcorn chicken as well. And I have to say, if that was in my hometown, I would, and and if it was the price the same, that's quite important, <laughs> I would go there. Um, I would, uh, because it was exactly the same. And, um, a, you know, a decent chicken burger where the actual breast is charred, I don't think they tend to do that anymore. I know Burger King used to, but I think they go to like a breaded variety now because it's easier for them to store and transport and freeze and all that sort of stuff. But um I think a decent chicken burger like that is needed. Um, as but, you know from my, as you know from the burger episode, I do not consider a chicken burger a burger. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> there we go. I'm a, a sandwich. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a yeah, it's a sandwich. I'm a yeah. beef purist. If it ain't, if it ain't a patty, like it's just, it's just a chicken breast in a sandwich. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's nice. It's not a burger. No, no, I, I do. I make, I understand that. Yeah. In fact, a lot of YouTube comments probably agree with you. And I've done a chicken burger in the past, probably to be honest. And uh, that's not a burger. A lot of those YouTube comments are probably just me posting from fake <laughs> accounts. Different <laughs> accounts. Like, you will understand. No, I, I, do, I do get You're it. You're wrong, Barry. You're wrong and you don't understand burgers. That's it. Understand the chicken. But um, no, I think a grilled chicken is just, you know, it's the flavor in just grilling something as well, isn't it? That, and that, that natural Absolutely. char and that scorch of getting it on there. Like I say, without any herbs or seasoning at all, like nothing, like just you get the the heat right to just scorch it just a little bit more, um, which is why I think, I don't know if you've seen that thing on Twitter, um, I, I post it and lots of people have been posting it and there was one about tea as well, where it's different shades of, it was almost like um, battleships, there was like shades of toast. Um, okay and like a1 was like literally just stuck in the toaster for a second a piece of bread whereas like you know f10 was going to be like charred to a crisp i was you know i was going more like e8 kind of area like a real dark char on it because toast is i think that's so important to the flavor like with like with cooking a chicken or anything like that getting that real char on there like with roasted chicken as well it's all that flavor you know i just i think it's really interesting for people to know that and i think i think that just you do get a lot more flavor out of doing the whole bird as well when you roast it i think everything just all the juices coming together in a way that you don't get with with pieces of meat i know we often you know as a midweek lunch we'll do tray of chicken thighs and Mm, they still mm. taste good but they don't taste like they do on a roast chicken Mm. yeah i think there is something to be said for cooking it all like I say all those flavours falling through as it roasts and yeah the juices collecting at the bottom. There is, yeah I'm I'm really hungry for chicken now. 
Yeah. <laughs> so one thing I, I'm going to say before we uh, before we sign off, um, the one last thing I wanted to talk about when we're talking chicken is what you can do with that chicken fat, um, mm, because. Yes. Uh, that I think is also a great resource. So normally when you're making the gravy, you skim off the fat, right? Because you don't want that to, you leave a bit in, but you don't want too much of it because then your sauce is just really greasy and it kind of, it takes away from the richness of the gravy and and everything is um, too fatty and it's not Mm. not very pleasant. You can buy those skimmers, can't you? Or those like jugs that you pour into and it separates it for you, which is pretty cool. Yeah, you can do that. I just, I just do it with a spoon, but I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm sure you could, you could also use that. And I'm, yeah, I'm sure those work very well. Um, The thing um, with that fat is the instinct is just to chuck it, you know, chuck it down the sink or in the recycling or whatever. Um, That in itself is also quite useful. Um, You can use that for stuff. Um, I I find that a little bit of that will go a long way in terms of flavoring things. You can use it as a cooking fat in the same way that you would use goose fat in the same way that you would. Um, So what I will do is I will take that leftover fat and then baste the roast potatoes with it as we are, as I am cooking those. Um, Or I will keep it to do things like to to put in, you know, doing scrambled eggs in the morning. I will do with that leftover chicken fat. Does it Uh, get the flavour in there? Yeah, you do. It, it's it's like a it's like any animal fat. So it's the same as using duck fat or using beef dripping, where it's got you get that you can let it. And if you leave it in the in the fridge, it will solidify like those do when right. you get them in the supermarket. And it'll yeah, go that kind of hard form. Um, another thing I love to do is to. Um, I, I put I'll skim a bit off of the top and I'll throw it into rice when I'm cooking rice and just let it flavor the rice. Oh, a nice! Bit like as you would if you're cooking rice in stock. Um, and so the like a risotto the, kind of vibe. Or? Yeah, you could use it in a risotto. Yeah. So I'd use a broth in, for that before, but no, I've never yeah. the, never the fat. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, well, I'd still use the broth, but just skim off a little bit just drop it in for a bit of additional flavor don't yeah. go crazy with it obviously but you know that'll keep for a little while so you can use it for things um right. but yeah just using it as a cooking fat like you would duck fat or goose fat or any of those things and the great thing about using that is that again it, you're getting a bit of that you know a little bit of that kind of goodness and the then the fat going into your dish that you are making uh the other good thing with using fats to sort of add to stuff like rices is of course at this moment it's things that keep you fuller for longer and make things go a bit further you Mm -hmm. can use the you can use the fat to do that and get a bit of that nutritional content into other dishes so yeah literally is like using a whole bird isn't it (laughs) yeah definitely don't throw away the fat because you've got all kinds of of uses out of that as well that's like with beef you get your beef dripping this is just chicken dripping really (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah yeah and you know and yeah and it'll keep for a little bit you can use it for all sorts of things so i think that's i guess that's the main takeaway here really is that when you buy a whole chicken you get so much out of it it's mm. not just all of that meat and there is loads of meat on it and you can freeze it and you could, you know, if you were um, a person, you know, if you were on your own, you know, single person living alone, you could mm. probably get most of your, you know, or a good chunk of your meals for a week out of that one chicken. Yeah. And that one chicken is maybe going to cost you, what, four or five quid? Maybe yeah. between yeah. between five and ten pounds, depending on where you're, what quality of bird you're buying. Yeah. But it's not going to cost you that much money. Um, and out of that, you're going to get several of your meals for the week. You are also going to get all of this stock that you can then add to your sauces and soups, which is another sort of essential base cooking ingredient that you get out of this. And then you get all of this fat that you can use as a cooking fat and you can use to enhance other dishes and to make those go a bit further and to make you fuller for longer. So, yeah, I think, you know, a whole chicken is is kind of a, a superstar when it comes to this. And I think yeah. people don't quite realise what they can do with it. It's not just for roast. I think it's like, thing, you know, roast. like say of having it like you know, yesterday whole week yeah, and you know there's so many different elements to the chicken like that like having a chicken breast one night and then you know on the wednesday having the thigh it's such a very different textured tasting yeah. meat and all the flavors you add to it 
it might feel like oh i'm having chicken again but it, it, it couldn't be so different to that can't it and like you say you can use the stock in a risotto there might just be a vegetable risotto anyway so your chicken is just from that stock or that fat you know yeah. and yeah it's i think that's that is the main takeaway here for sure that it's just i think if you've never roasted chicken before just dive in just give it a go and um you know especially the way the world is at the moment right now times are you know pretty uncertain and you know there's probably a lot of people buying chickens that aren't making the most of them and um you know it's it's incredibly economical you can you can save you can save a lot of money um by doing it by doing it right and you can just make your food go further as well yeah and let's say just do it and then the freezer is your friend you just you know just do the chicken breast and then put you know get the other other bits ready and so it's cooked and it's almost like a ready meal in a way you've got yep. like you got your thighs ready to go for another instant like meal on the go like ready to chuck in a stir fry within 15 minutes boom it's on the table it's yeah i, I love it um so roasting chicken fat potatoes is that yep. like goose then would you say it's kind of got its own thing, its own thing going to it. It's not as rich as goose fat, obviously. Goose fat's quite luxurious, yeah, yeah, um, and it doesn't quite have that. But you know, I still think it, it adds, it imparts a flavour to it, and right. you know, it basically does what a fat is supposed to do. You know, yeah, oh, great, and you get that colour on there, and yeah, yeah, absolutely, you get a lovely kind of. Yeah, golden, golden colour on it, and and oh. the great thing is if you've already seasoned your chicken. And then all of those flavours from your chicken that you've seasoned it with are also being imparted into the fat. Yeah. So then that's going to further season your potatoes or your, you know, whatever you're putting it in, whatever you're cooking it with. You get that added bonus of all of that seasoning, then adding additional, enhancing the flavour of whatever you're using it to cook with. Yeah, that's what you say about the whole thing of like cooking the whole thing, you know, and the simplicity of seasoning like that is 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 more than enough that will just feed through, isn't it? Yeah, fantastic. Ah, oh, I really, really want a chicken right now. Like, <laughs> just, just like any part of it right now. I'm I'm craving like chicken breast to be honest. Right, like, I, yeah, I, I want to go and cook a chicken now. So hopefully this was useful. Yeah, I, I found this really interesting, like what you told me there about the chicken fat. I've never really thought of that before. I've, I've got to a point of like the broth and the carcass, boiling that down, but that's that's taking it next level. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Keep Use everything, all of the juices. That's the same with, same with any roast. All of those fats will keep and will, you know, you can just, yeah, you can keep using them. Yeah. And that means that you, you know, you can use them in place of stuff like vegetable oil, which isn't very, you know, doesn't have a lot going for it anyway. It's like, mm. yeah, keep keep that stuff, use it and save yourself a bit of money and add a bit more flavor. Yeah, because that's quite expensive, you know, oil in the shops. Like. <laughs> yeah, and often not very good quality. You know, mm. you're, you know, people have talked about all the dubiousness in... It's funny because however many years ago people were always saying oh don't cook with animal fat and you should be using your your vegetable oils and your sunflower oils and now people are turning around and saying quite the opposite which is that there's not really a lot of nutritional things in some of these oils and that they're maybe right. not so good for you at all there's a lot of people turning around and you know talk, sort of bigging up the animal fats again so <laughs> that is uh very cool like hopefully this has been useful for, for folks uh you know the way the world is right now but just in general like you know roasting a chicken one of the most common things chicken recipes to search for so hopefully this will help you give you some ideas and stuff good pod alec nice was good so yeah. uh before we before we wrap up as always uh there's a question the burning question mr lewis is how do people get in touch with you to talk to you about all things foodcast and all things barry lewis well, the podcast email is stonkinfoodcast with a N, not a G on the end, isn't it? Yeah. At gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, and we have that in the description for the episode. Oh, so, yeah. Have a yeah. clicky clicky on there if you want to uh, submit any ideas. But if, if, if not, you'd rather just contact on social media. Look for Mr. Barry Lewis on Twitter. I'm probably the most active on there. Uh, Instagram and Facebook too, or just use the contact form via the website if you've got any uh, future ideas for content you want to hear on here. Well, I think this is quite useful, really. I think maybe like some more things like this is actually quite cool to talk about, to be honest. So, um, absolutely. Yeah. And the other thing I would say is if you've got stuff you want us to cover, especially uh, if you're thinking about your your bulk cooking and stretching things, making them going a bit further during this whole uh, COVID-19 situation. Uh, get in touch and tell us what you want to know and we will do our best to provide some relevant information amidst some inane banter, um, yes. which is which is what we do. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, we, we, we sort of walk the tightrope between a bit of banter and, and seriousness, which I quite like about this podcast. It's quite, you know, it's, um, as they say in Spinal Tap, there's this fine line between clever and stupid. Exactly. And I think, yeah. <laughs> and I think that we we uh, we find ourselves on on one side of that line more than others. But I'll let the yeah. listeners uh, decide which yeah, side absolutely. we fall on. You should plug your... Um, are you releasing that song or album yet? Or um, Well, I, I'm not yet. So one of my... I guess we can talk about that briefly. One of the things that I've been doing during my uh, COVID-19 um you know social distancing working from home sort of thing i've set myself the challenge of recording an album while in lockdown uh and i'm going to be playing uh all the guitar and bass parts on it and i've programmed the drums because i'm utterly hopeless at drumming uh, and doing all of the singing on it as well so over the coming weeks and months i will be releasing some of that stuff awesome. um so yeah teaser Yes, you have heard a teaser. I, I did like it, yeah. I mean, well, in the nicest way, it's not my normal music that I would normally listen to. I am uh, I'm very much a dad uh, when it comes to my Spotify playlist right now. It's it's a lot of Barbie girl and stuff for the girls. Right, but, um, nice. Um, I did like it. I did appreciate it. And uh, I, I, I'm i aware of that sort of, you know, what, what was it? It's rock, isn't it, basically? Yeah, it's rock. Yeah. It's, it's a heavy rock. It's, yeah, um, heavy rock, yeah. yeah. It's got, it got riffs. That's, yeah. Uh, I, that's what you need to know. Yeah, I was surprised. Yeah, I didn't have a sore throat. Like, um, but we did the last podcast. We did. We, we did the last podcast straight after I recorded the vocals yeah. for that song. And I'm like, so, wow, you were proper going for it. So yeah, do check that. Where can they find that out? Um, it'll be. It will be up. Um, I don't know if it will be up by the time this episode goes up, but we will okay. in future episodes have links to um to yeah. all the relevant music channels so people can check that stuff awesome. out as well. Yeah. yeah, and I've been doing some cook-alongs each day. Um, and they've been going really fun. Like it's so weird to like cook a recipe and see that the other people around the world are literally making what we're making and sending us pictures from south africa or australia and wherever just like going yes we made flapjacks with you it's just so weird and uh a strange sense of community so um yeah very cool so i guess that's that's where we're gonna that's where we're gonna call time on on uh, on this week's pod but we will be back sooner than sooner than we have been in the past yeah because we're now that we're both at home we can churn these out a bit more regularly so uh yeah yeah thanks for listening guys and uh yeah keep in touch and we'll see you on the next foodcast yeah nice one guys cheers bye is it?